Hi, everybody. This is Dan Walker. Welcome to another edition of U.S. Law Radio. News from our nation's capital. The Department of Justice has just come out with a set of guidelines reiterating that the Obama administration will be aggressively pursuing civil criminal claims under the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. In fact, in the last four years, this administration has already pursued more damages than any president before him. So what's the impact on businesses? U.S. Law member Brian Dickerson is a partner at Retzel & Andrus, based in Washington, D.C., and is keeping a close eye on the issue. Let's find out more. Brian, welcome into U.S. Law Radio. Thank you. Okay, Brian, for the uninitiated, what is the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, and what businesses does it impact? Well, it is a statute that was enacted after Watergate to basically deal with corrupt practices in government and in businesses. Since its enactment, it has been broadened, and the Bush administration was the first one to really aggressively pursue it. But the Obama administration, the first four years, even made a more aggressive attempt for criminal and civil prosecutions. And it basically impacts any and all businesses that are either in the U.S., and have foreign contacts, foreign business, or foreign businesses doing business in the United States. And the best example to give you, Dan, is if even if it's a small mom-and-pop company in mid-Ohio, if they get any raw materials from China to make their product, or if they are selling the product overseas, which now the Internet makes it very possible, any contact they have with a foreign official can be deemed violation of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act if there is any type of exchange of money or an offer of a gift that will better their business. So a lot of people think that it doesn't impact them. It has impacted everything from the largest companies in the world to I've represented companies that have 50 employees but have to get their raw materials from China or Brazil and therefore they've been impacted, and therefore all companies need to know about the uh, act and all companies need to have compliance programs because that's the one thing that saves them. So the simple act of trying to give your business an edge in some cases can result in very punitive, unintended consequences. For the most part, they're unintended. I mean, there are some businesses out there that would just pay money to get an advantage, but the most common is the unintended consequence where you're dealing with a Chinese company People have to realize that almost every Chinese company has the state-owned, the country, the government owns a portion of the shares. Therefore, under the Department of Justice's interpretation of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, that company and any of its employees are deemed a foreign official under the act. So if somebody in China asks for the small company's employees as far as, hey, I can get you this done quicker if you pay me X, And in China, Brazil, India, hell, Cleveland, Ohio, and Chicago, Illinois, those are common things that happen. But when you do it with foreign officials um, under the Act, you have violated the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, which has treble damages as far as their statute. So the trend is not a good one of criminal and civil prosecution by way of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. No, it is not. Last year, the Department of Justice probably had its most defeating year in prosecuting these cases, they've lost three significant rulings. They lost a ruling on what their definition of a foreign official was. They tried to bring in a State Department official to say, 
that certain person in Brazil by the State Department would be defined as a foreign official, and the court didn't buy it. But even with that defeat, they are still aggressively pursuing companies. And, I mean, we're talking companies that are huge. We're talking companies that you see on your street corner. And it costs an insurmountable amount of money to defend these cases. Avon, who is still under investigation, has paid over $300 million in the last three years just defending their case and doing the international internal investigation that's required to defend the cases. The Department of Justice just issued its guidance on the FCPA, as you pointed out, Brian. What are the important points that should be taken from this guidance? Well, the most important thing that should be taken is the definition of foreign official by the Department of Justice, which they are basically defining as as broad as possible. It's kind of like they know it when they see it. Basically, if there is any suspected activity, they're going to try to fit that foreign person into a foreign official designation. The second most important thing is the compliance program. The Department of Justice in the guidelines cites the U.S. Attorney's Manual and what the guidelines require for a proper and effective compliance program. And if a company has not only the proper compliance program, but has implemented it as best as it possibly can, then that is a significant defense to any violations that the company may get in. And basically what that means is you can't just have a single piece of paper saying this is a compliance program, it's two pages long, everybody read it, that's all we do. The compliance program required by the Department of Justice guidelines requires it to be tailored to the specific business that this company is doing and in the countries where it is conducting this business. So the plan and the policy could be different based upon the business in Brazil, the business they're doing in China, Whatever they're doing business, it has to be implemented and tailored to the company's needs to defeat any attempts by their employees or agents to violate the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. And as long as that's done and it's properly implemented, which means you train your employees, you have the PowerPoint presentations, you have the conference calls, telling them of any changes, and educating them on the program and the law, then, as we saw with Morgan Stanley, the government will give companies a break and not prosecute them civilly or criminally as long as they have the proper and effectively implemented compliance program. Well, Brian, you just answered part of my next question, which is the 64000 make that $64 million question. What can a company do to avoid civil or criminal enforcement of the FCPA? It actually be a $6.4 billion question with the, the fines that they have on the FCPA, but yeah, it's having the due diligence and it's taking it seriously. There have been Fortune 100 companies in the United States that did not even have a compliance officer, let alone address the Foreign Corrupt Practice Act issue. And they didn't even have a compliance officer. And when problems and issues were raised to the company, they did nothing, which made it even worse. And I guess the one thing I didn't mention, Dan, to add to this, there is the whistleblower provision. So when a company thinks that there's really no way that the Department of Justice would find out what the company's doing, there's a whistleblower provision that awards the person who provides the information monetary award and up to 20% for telling the government about the violation of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. So 
any company think that they're escapable of this, they fire one employee, and that one employee is disgruntled, and they have information, they go to the Department of Justice, and that's what happens in most cases. It's not like the Justice Department has all these secret investigations going on. That's very rare. They do do it. But most of the cases come in from whistleblowers. So a company needs to make sure that it follows the law, no matter how big, needs to have a compliance officer, needs to address these issues. And I'd add this, Dan, when your employees are either leaving voluntarily or being terminated, imperative to have an exit interview with them and specifically ask them if they know of any violations of the law, specifically raids, various acts that may apply to your company, but within that, the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, if there's any bribery or wrongdoing, that at least allow the company to take a head start and maybe self-report if they find something, because self-reporting is another way to reduce your liability. Something tells me, Brian, that the more we know on the subject, the better. Where can our audience go to learn more about the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act? The easiest way to do it, the Justice Department, justice.gov, they have on their website a specific page specifically setting forth everything that they think the public needs to know about a Foreign Corrupt Practices Act and the violations. They have online their newest guideline, which is 120 pages long. And if anybody wants an abbreviated version of it, we've tried to narrow it down. We've got it down to eight pages. That can at least give an overall guidance as far as what the act is and what you have to do for a compliance program. But the most important thing to do is if people have questions, retain counsel who has the knowledge of it because on top of having a compliance program, if a company retains counsel with knowledge of Foreign Corrupt Practices Act and they rely upon that counsel's advice, that can be another defense. Unfortunately, I've had one significant matter where a law firm that didn't have experience in Foreign Corrupt Practices Act was retained by a company. The company followed their advice. The company got caught up in an investigation, and basically the government did not give them the defense of counsel benefit because the general counsel admitted that he basically did a review of the law firm he hired, and there was nobody on there that really had experience. So it is a specialty. It's just like going to a brain surgeon. You don't go to a pediatric doc for that. It's a specialty, and if you have questions after looking at the justice website, Definitely retain counsel that has knowledge of the subject matter. That's the best advice of all. Brian Dickerson, we're grateful you could notch out a few minutes to share your knowledge with us here on U.S. Law Radio. Thanks, Dan. That's it, folks. We're out of time. U.S. Law Radio is produced by Rachel Brooke. Send your comments and show ideas her way because she'd love to hear from you. This edition of U.S. Law Radio has been brought to you by SEA Limited, forensic engineering and origin cause experts working nationwide since 1970. By Ringler Associates. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided injured parties and their attorneys with the finest structured settlement services. And by U.S. Legal Support. For more than 20 years, U.S. Legal Support has been providing superior court reporting services nationwide using state-of-the-art technology. This is Dan Walker. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next time for another fresh edition of U.S. Law Radio. U.S. Law Radio.